welcome to uh, the week of discipleship, commitment to discipleship. Aren't we past session? Isn't this more than 10 sessions? I thought that was unusual. Indeed it is, but um, yeah, but in, in reality, like this is, the class is written for 16 weeks, but of course it takes us a little while to get through like each lesson. So we're like on lesson, like I think it's like 17 or 18, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're further along than, than uh, <laughs> lesson 10. So yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> All right. Um, let's see here. Oh well. Okay. So um, we are on chapter seven, finishing up chapter seven. Um, how to train a disciple. I'm looking at the follow up, and um, we've been talking about um, the importance of um, follow up and how we should. Um, be in continual communication and fellowship with one another uh, when that person has decided to become a disciple of, of Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, I, I believe that we all can attest um, that um, fellowship and growing with one another does help in the growth of being, becoming a, a, a disciple, becoming a, a, a person of Jesus Christ that we need one another. And though, so we've been emphasizing the, the importance of the body and how um, everyone plays a part on the body um, and that um, we need the body of, of Jesus Christ. We need every member um, of the body in order for us to, to function properly. And so, um, so we've been really just been hitting that and talking about that and uh, so we hopped into the book and uh, we made its prior page like 89, 90. Um, and I want to begin to pick up on page 90 with ensure proper care and deal with troubled areas. But before I um, go into that uh, part of the book, does anybody have any questions from last week or just questions in general, testimonies? aha moments, anything. All right, cool. Just want to make sure I afford you all that opportunity. And of course, throughout the class, you can ask questions, make comments um, if you would like. Um, also, um, we're not going to cover everything as you've been finding out. We don't cover everything in the chapter, but we cover a good amount of it and so um, it is your uh, job to do the reading and come with questions and, and things of that sort, just in case I don't go over it. Uh, if you have a question that you would like to ask, um, you could definitely do so. Um, so let's go ahead and, and jump in. Um, we are on page 90, looking at ensure, <coughs> excuse me, proper care and deal with trouble areas. Let's see here. Make sure I'm on the right. Yes. And so let's see here. 
Uh, he starts with number one, if you go on page 91, because he, he tells a, a story about um, responsibility of uh, having a new babe in Christ and things of that sort. Um, but he says, number one, to go over again carefully with that person uh, the plan of salvation. And so this is what Peter was talking about, making your calling and election sure. So when a disciple makes a commitment, we need to go over the plan of salvation so they can understand um, first their salvation. And so uh, we know that um, following you know, a commitment to discipleship class, if someone makes that commitment, um, we wanna make sure that they understand their salvation. And so throughout our church experience, we've heard crazy things um, that pertains to our salvation. Um, if you do certain things, you'll lose your salvation. And people quite keep you, um, religion keeps you in uncertainty about your salvation. And so it is important um, that, uh, that you will understand uh, your eternal hope, your eternal salvation. And that uh, Jesus said, I won't lose such a one and that no one can be snatched out of my hand. And that scripture right there is pertaining to salvation. And so uh, we want to make sure that that particular disciple is strong in that and that when people begin to talk crazy to them, they already know the scriptures. They already know what Jesus promised. They already know what salvation is about. And so I'll uh, be going back and forth on what class I should do next. Um, and so eventually we will have a class on uh, salvation, understanding your salvation and looking at um, the salvific efforts throughout the scriptures. And so, um, so yeah, so definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, but in 2 Peter uh, 1, 10 through 11, he says that, therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Uh, you will never fall. For in this way, there will be richly provided for you an interest into the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we shall always make that um, effort to confirm your calling and election. Okay. And so even in that, from that particular place of faith, um, being a believer in Jesus Christ, um, Peter tells us again um, in a, a few verses before that we ought to supplement our faith. So continue to grow, continue to add to our faith. Um, in 2 Peter 1, uh, verses 3 through 9, I don't think I have that one on my PowerPoint slide, I don't think. Um, let's see here. I think there's some. Ooh, well, I have Second Peter three. Okay, I do have it. Um, Second Peter verses one, uh, chapter one starts at uh, verse three. It says, "For His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence, by which He has granted uh, to us His precious and very." great um, promises so that through them uh, you may become partakers of the divine nature having escaped from the corruption 
that is in the world because of sinful desires. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness uh, with godliness and godliness with brotherly infection, affection uh, uh, with love. For these qualities, or if these qualities are, are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever um, lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his formal sins. And so we need to, like the scripture says, make every effort to make your calling election sure. And in this, you need to be adding to your faith, um, virtue, through knowledge, steadfastness, self-control, godliness, brother, brotherly affection. Um, it says whoever lack these are nearsighted. And so those who are saved, they have eyes, but yet they are blind. If they have not gone far, uh, further in Jesus Christ to learn more about him. So you have eyes, but you can't see. And so we, um, so if you are constantly adding to your faith uh, the virtues of Jesus Christ, then you, then your your vision will uh, become so keen and comes uh, become so sharp, or your discernment becomes keen and sharp because you are um, you are spending time in the Word and you're getting to know uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, and so. Um, and so if we are going to continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus Christ, we must be progressing and the qualities must be increasing. OK, so let's go into the book. If there's any comments or anybody want to add on to that. But um, if not, we can go to um, the book um, on page 91. Um, go over again the plan with him, the plan of salvation. It says. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has the life. Um, he who does not have the Son of God does not have life. And so he quotes 1 John 5 and 12. The next paragraph that says, every person who has the Son has life. You can ask a new believer, uh, where is Jesus tonight? And then this babe said, he goes through the story about the, um, the babe answer. Um, um, it says an illustration of the pencil inside a Bible can be used. The Bible represents Jesus Christ and the pencil represents eternal life. And the believer has his Bible. He also has a pencil, eternal life, or eternal life is found in the sun. And so it's kind of an elementary statement that the textbook author makes um, uh, about uh, where is Jesus. And so we, we, we ought to know that um, the Holy Spirit resides in us. Jesus resides um, inside of us. And so, um, um, and so because he resides inside of us, that he will never leave us, he will never forsake us, and that uh, we cannot lose our, our salvation. And then he goes on and says, unfortunately, many believers spend years of their lives living in a fog of uncertainty. Um, and so I talked about how we constantly say statements of uncertainty about our salvation and keeps us in kind of in these circles. Um, and he said, he goes on and says, because they do not understand what the scripture teach on this subject, 
They lack assurance of salvation. Proper growth and development can only stem from the new believer knowing that he is a child of God for all eternity. Okay. So as, as one day we will do the, the class on, on salvation, you will have to be um, secure uh, in your eternal salvation. So we're going to teach you to be secure in your eternal salvation. We'll go over the scriptures, the things that people will use to, to say that, you know, you can lose your salvation and, and cause you to be uncertain and contrasted with scripture. So that's why the way that we've been teaching these classes that you have to understand content and structure of the scriptures in order to, to tackle um, these particular topics as far as salvation, as far as just marriage, as far as any, any particular topic that you may be dealing with, we ha you have to do the groundwork of understanding content and structure. And then understanding that will help you answer these particular questions. Because if you understand that only Israel could lose their salvation and not the church, and you understand that, that that occurred under the old covenant versus the new covenant. Uh, so if you understand the elementary things like that, it will answer a lot of questions that we may have. Um, so let's see here. So that's all for that one. Any comments or questions about uh, the first one is uh, make sure that the disciple understands their place in salvation. All right, the next one is number two. He says, um, pray for him. Um, and so let's go to the book. Um, but when, when it comes to, before I hop into the book, when it comes to prayer, we need to train the people of God in prayer. So this is a, uh, a spiritual discipline that we all need to be trained in. And so I pray that you all, were listening on Wednesday when Eva was teaching about prayer. So each first uh, first Wednesday uh, of the month, uh, she does a teaching on prayer. And so that is your training on how to understand prayer. And so we don't want for you to just believe that prayer is just a conversation with God. You just talk to God about, about anything, tell him all about your, your troubles and things of that sort. Um, you want to be able to understand the concept of prayer and how you, you need to know the scriptures in order to pray effectively. And so, um, so definitely prayer is a spiritual discipline and prayer uh, that you need to be taught on how to pray. And so let's go to the book. Um, it says the overwhelming majority of the New Testament prayers Deal not uh, with the unsaved, but with the growth and the maturity of new believers, okay? So, um, so when we look at the prayers in the New, in the new Testament, um, it, it's not dealing with those who are unsaved, but it's dealing with believers and those who are growing in maturity, okay? Um, going back to the book, it says, two great prayers of Paul and Ephesians, for example, deal with his concern for the growth and maturity. Um, the author goes on and says, I find that prayer is the hardest work um, you can engage in as a believer, and sometimes it is those 
sometimes it is the most important part of a follow-up. If you also find that prayer is hard work, uh, let me suggest those in Ephesians. You can do a study in the New, Te New Testament prayers um, that will be applicable uh, and then use some as a part of your follow-up program. So definitely, um, like I said, we've been teaching on prayer the first, first Wednesdays of the month. And so I hope you all are taking notes, um, keeping things in mind on, on prayer. We're teaching you how to pray because people think they know how to pray. But at the end of the day, we really don't know how to pray. And so we need to definitely be trained, be trained on that. Okay. And so the author said there's some prayers. You know, you can look at Paul's prayers. Um, he gave you some prayers in Ephesians. There's some prayers throughout the, the New Testament that we can kind of use uh, once you understand content and structure that you can use um, in, your, in your daily prayer. Um, it goes on in the book. It says, another thing um, I do is think through the areas in my life which, which I am having difficulty then intercede for my friend in these matters. The Bible says no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. All of us fight the same temptation and have the same basic needs. And so um, that is a, a very uh, faithful statement that the textbook author um, has said that we all go through some type of temptation, some type of problem in life. Um, and so more than likely, if I'm dealing with something, more than likely my brothers and sisters are dealing with it as well. And so not just pray for ourselves, but pray for everyone that goes in a particular situation. There was a time where Wayman and I were always, if I was dealing with something, he was dealing with something. And if he was dealing with something, I was dealing with something. So we were always kind of like on that same wavelength. And I, I guarantee you there are those um, that uh, labor among us, that gather among us, that probably are dealing with the same issues that we are dealing with, okay? So we want to be in prayer, not just for ourselves, not, not to just pray selfish prayer just for ourselves, but to pray for everyone, okay? So um, even when someone responds to um, discipleship, we must pray for them because knowing that they're making that decision of, uh, of um, following Jesus Christ, uh, Satan is about to ramp up his attack on them. And so we need to pray for protection for them and pray that they won't um, lose the faith and begin to fall off uh, for the, the process of discipleship, going through the, the process is hard. So you, there are going to be days when you become discouraged, there are days when you don't want to pick up the word and don't want to do anything. And so we need to be praying for one another. Um, your relationships are going to be challenged. And so um, when someone makes the decision of being a disciple, we should be joyous, but yet deeply concerned and praying for God's protection for that particular disciple. Um, you know, we all have times when we don't want to pick up this word. I struggled this week. <laughs> I struggle, I struggle. I was like, I know I need to pick up, you know, I did my lessons for, you know, this week and a few weeks um, that's coming up, but just, just studying, for my personal time, I, I just couldn't. I was just like, I'm tired. And I was trying to study for other stuff. And it was just that this week, I did not balance my time correctly or whatnot. And you will have times like that, and, and it's okay. Just don't stay there. Just get back up and 
do better or whatever. That's so. a struggle I think a lot of people don't realize, especially for those people who have to teach while learning. Yeah. <clears throat> because I find myself a lot studying to teach mm-hmm. and not studying, as mother will say, to feed myself. Yeah. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that is real difficult because I'll go through a season and I'm like, yo, all you did was study to teach, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And it's it's hard. And then I know for other people, you know, like for for me, and I think Khalil can probably attest for this, like I sometimes I can't do nothing. This is my brain is in so many places. I am paralyzed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I just be like all I can do is try to pray and then all of a sudden it's like boom, all of a sudden my capacity stretch I'm like, oh, let's jump in this word. You know what I mean? Yeah. So sometimes you just gotta sit there for a second, man. Yeah, my my second becomes hours though. Four days. <laughs> Don't play with it. Be honest. Right. Be honest. Be days. Sitting there, just like, okay, I know I need to. Then I'll turn on something so I can just have some noise. Yeah. But then I'll turn that off. And yeah, so I just sometimes I just sit for hours in silence. Cause sometimes I just need that just to kind of reset. Like, yeah, so it's tough. It's definitely tough. So, um, anybody else? All right. Um, uh, we're on page 92 in the book. Uh, we're on number three that says, visit him soon and frequently after his decision for Christ. And so when they make that choice on becoming a disciple, we should assume that they are a part of the discipleship community, okay? We should welcome them with open arms. Um, we don't want to become uh, a cliquish church where um, anybody new comes in, we just giving them the eye and you know who, who invited you and where you come from. And so we want to we want to be loving, you know, to those who come in and because they're here for a reason. They saw, they heard some, they saw something that sparked their interest. Uh, the Holy Spirit is tugging them to this particular uh, particular fellowship. And so we need to be loving. We need to be loving. <laughs> towards one another who uh, who are new. And so I know that um, as a, uh, as this church, I know we're doing very, very, uh, we're doing better. Doing much better, yeah. <laughs> we're doing better at that. And I pray that the, the newbies that just came in can definitely attest to that, uh, that uh, we were welcoming uh, and with open arms and things. The, the frontline welcome team. I'm in the back somewhere, but the front line who always had the smiles and the hugs and all that stuff. I'm working right to front, but uh internet was talking about that a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. How how loving it was when she got here. Uh-huh. And that's cool because she's been here for a while. Uh-huh. So then it's like in my mind, I'm like, well, how do you feel? Now? How do you, you know, feel now? but she still feels the same way, and that was great to hear. Yeah. The first couple of years, I, I felt like Nothing we could do. I was like, if we be too nice, they like they seem fake. Yeah. If we be a little standoffish because we trying to watch it, you know, like, yeah. then it's like, oh my god, they're fake. But then AJ came and he said the same thing. And he brought people and they said the same thing. I was like, so now it's just us being who we are. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that makes a difference. And I think sometimes people learn, can see how authentic you are without you having to be fake. Like, right. Oh, I just got done preaching. Let me go over here and act nice. Right, right, you know, right. It's like, just be you. And if it's who you are, mm-hmm. 
People will see that. Yeah. But we have to, um, I'm not kidding. No, you good. Come on. But at the same time, um, we have to, in all the love that we give, mm -hmm. we have to still give guidance. Yes. yes. Uh, just because you're coming mm -hmm. and we just love them. Yeah, we <laughs> doesn't mean you get to do anything you do. Exactly. So what comes with that love is guidance. <laughs> what a little chest has in it. Amen. To those who I love. Because, yeah, because some people will walk away yeah. because they they came in, they felt that it was fluffy. Mm -hmm. And so the story mm -hmm. we can have it because someone had to you know, guide you mm -hmm. well, and they'll leave out seeing how unlucky you are. Right. Uh -huh. So, I know, but well, that's so true. It's just dealing with people, yeah, people. Their emotions, yeah, things of that sort. But our culture is love, yeah. However, yeah. we are a, if I can say this, no honesty, we as much as equip and center as we is a loving place. Mm -hmm. You come here to be taught, mm -hmm. you come here to be prepared, you come here to identify. Mm -hmm. um, with yourself, with Jesus and the perfect God, that's what God called you. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, our culture has to be a culture where it, we are maturing people, meaning that you have to be able to take rebuke from time to time. Mm -hmm. That don't mean that it's done in a bad way. Right. But however, right. how will you know you won't? Let's not tell you how that's you might say. And the problem is, many people don't know what authentic, I'll say biblical or God's love is. So when they get it, they don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. They reject it because they don't, you know, they come from places where love is this. Or my mama told me this was like, no, you spoiled. That ain't love. That's you being destroyed, to be honest. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's also the person walking in the door. Yeah. You know, what have you been told is a little so now your last church didn't do this. So now you feel I'm only gonna go to a church that does this, and that don't make it right. And that's why we have to examine when people are saying church hurt. Exactly. We have to examine it. We really have to examine it because not all the time somebody hurts you, nobody just to let you do what you want to do. Yeah, true. You hurt by your your ability not being able to do what you wanted to do, and someone had to check it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So every hurt is not a church hurt. True. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, that works. I'm yeah, that's good. That's good. Anybody else? Only thing I want to say, um, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Uh, only thing I want to say is that um, love draws people. Um, I have seen from both sides that I've seen uh, people have came um, to churches where they didn't feel the love. And especially when you talk about a babe and someone is seeking and want to know more about God, that's the first thing that they are looking for is love. And not always love is demonstrated in churches to be truthful, but sometimes, you know, it is. It just really, um, I ain't going to say really depends on the people because when you obey, that's what you're, especially if you're someone that you hear about this great God that's, that is loving, loving and compassionate and um, where the Bible say, well, love and kindness have I draw them. You know what I'm saying? So you're looking for love because, you know, special. And then and then oftentimes people know the difference. You know, God will, you know, it's like the more mature you get, God will reveal. He will show you what love. And it's like once you experience God's love, it's like you don't want to accept. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to accept nothing that's, you know, not his love.
But then again, also loving people where they at and just giving grace. Like some people ain't there yet. Like if you have people that um have struggled in the love area in their past and God is still revealing and unfolding, like, okay, let me, or illuminating, you know, what love is, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I have seen both sides and, you know, my thing is, um, I, I mean, not that I don't have bad days, but I try to, whether it's a smile or, you know, God bless you, praise the Lord, saints, I try to display that because you never know literally what people going through and we could say like, oh, it ain't our responsibility, but sometimes you just don't know like, I mean, I work, um, was working at a, you know, I'm still working at the same company. It was a young lady that was there, you know, her mom, you know, is, uh, you know, she was, you know, kind of close to her mom or whatever, but she was at a situation where she wanted to give up and I was supposed to be off. Like I was supposed to be getting off about 10 30, 11 o'clock, but it was yeah. like, the Lord was leading me to stay. And it's like, when I began to encourage this young woman, and she began to uh, just cry and like, and she's like, I needed that. She's like, I felt like you was there for me. But then she began, you know, began to, I think the, le- the next time I worked and she was like, she was so encouraged. Like she said, I couldn't even get that from my mom. So I think that, you know, just some people just don't know what love is. And sometimes people give it, sometimes people don't give it. It's just the truth. You know what I'm saying? Cause you, you know, we all still a work in progress. So I um, think that um, just really learning and understanding that, you know, love should always be at the forefront. You know, I'm saying? I don't care if it's an encouragement. You know, like I say, God bless you. You know, have a blessed day. You just never know how that can make somebody's day. Yeah, totally agree. Um, I think all of us kind of said the same thing as far as understanding what love is, according to the scriptures, because we all have our different experience on what love looks like. Yeah, and, yeah. 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 And then the God era and the other, whatever. Mm-hmm. Everything else. Because I'm like, yeah. some of the love we, we uh, experience don't fit under none of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit under none of that. And so, uh, so definitely, uh, that's why I always emphasize teaching and training is so important. So teaching people what what God's love looks like and what should we be exhibiting towards one another. And yeah, and uh, like Tanya said, it, take, it takes time, it takes a minute because a lot of us are going, you know, trying to tear down stuff and then build something, you know, new that God is trying to show us. And so it, it takes a minute. Go ahead, Lindsay. Um, <clears throat> I think there is um, a difference between kindness in love. And I think that, um, you know, like going back to the example, you know, when people, you know, come to the church and, you know, for the first time and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that the first thing that they encounter is kindness mm-hmm. or the love. Um, I mean, we're supposed to love each other, yeah. but we're learning what love is. Right. But we know how to be kind. Right. Right. We know how to be kind. And I think that's that's the issue that uh, churches have is that they don't know how to be kind <laughs> to, to yeah. people that, that, that comes to the church for the first time. Yeah. And that's what people feel. Mm-hmm. People feel like, dang, they could be mean over there. Yeah. And dang, it's, it's because you're not giving them kindness mm-hmm. when they walk in the door. And I think that's what um, some of the problems that we've had in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We didn't know how to be kind mm-hmm. to new people. Mm-hmm. Because 
this is our church. This is my my very territory. We're very territorial. Which I don't Yeah, exactly. You know, we're really to be honest, this isn't yours, yours, yours. No. This is God, God, God. Right, right, right. So this is like this. So so for me, I just believe that people um have to um show themselves friendly mm -hmm. and show kindness, you know, and then the love piece will iron itself out when people learn how to love. Yeah. Effectively. True. Yeah, I definitely agree. It was this uh church, it was this country lady, she was from somewhere in Kentucky. She she always was when things go wrong in church. She always called me. She was like, child, that ain't kind. That is not kind at all. <laughs> Why are you doing that? That was her word, kind. And then that thing just when you say kind, that thing just tickled me because she was just talking about how leadership will do certain things. She was just like, that's not kind. Like, <laughs> so yeah, we have to, like you said, learn the difference between the two. And so yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. I totally agree. Um, anybody else? All right, cool. Um, let's see here. We're on visit. I'm so that's the one we're on. Let's see here. The paragraph on page 93 um, that says one of the most significant ministries you can ever have with your new uh, disciple is that of encouragement. And so we don't know where you need encouragement if we don't take the time to get to know you. Right. Um, and so people need someone to talk to and they need somebody to encourage them. And so we should encourage and exhort one another. So this is why um, it's important for us to be you know, fully trained so that people can rely on us for sound counsel. You don't want to just go to anybody for advice. Jesus. I think of, I think all of us kind of learned that by experience. <laughs> you can't go to any, anybody for advice. You want to, um, you don't want to, you don't want any worldly advice. You don't want, in my opinion, or anything, anything of that. You want to, uh, as we are growing, that new disciple once uh, should be uh, able to see that I'm talking to somebody who is spiritually mature, okay? Um, and so they see us modeling, they want to, uh, they see us modeling uh, the, the ways of Jesus Christ or trying, you know, at least, it, you know, giving an effort of modeling the, way, the ways of Jesus Christ and maturing in the word of God. And so as, as new disciples come, we want to make sure that um, we are co constantly growing we are constantly maturing because they they will they are looking at us. They are seeing our reaction to things. They are seeing our sad conversations. They're they're watching. They're very observant um, because they're just trying to figure this thing out and trying to see like, okay, is this the, is this the right environment for me? And so we uh, must be that example twenty four seven. Okay, and so um, you don't want to just for when you're talking to people just to give your life experience, but you want to be able to give them the word of God, okay? Because um, that word of God, that word is going to guide them through, throughout their lives, okay? Not just what you experience, but just uh, but the word of God, okay? Um, let's see here. 
Where did I stop it? Okay, let him know that he is now part of the family of God and that the two of you are brothers and brothers, sister in Christ. One of the things that Satan will try to deceive him um, and to believe that the temptations and problems that he faces are unique to him. Encourage him with the fact that we all fight the same problems. <laughs> During these times of temptation, you want to stand together with him against them. And so it is better to go through life with people who are encouraging, who are uplifting. And we all are going through, like, like I said earlier, we go through the same thing, maybe not at the same time, but we have faced certain issues and certain problems. And so we want to be able to encourage those in the word of God, okay? And so you can give experiences if it lines up with the word of God. You can tell them how you overcame as long as it lines up with the word of God. Um, and so that right there uh, is very uplifting and encouraging. Um, let's see here. Any, any questions about that particular section or comments about that particular section there? Make sure we're in constant communication. You ain't got to visit them at their house. But some people don't like folk at their house. Some people don't like folk people at their house. But uh, you can, you know, meet up with them or go out to eat or just hang out, talk or whatever. Um, but because uh, we know by experience how this particular process of discipleship is, is, is difficult. And you need your community of people. <laughs> so, uh Let's see here. All right. The next part is ensure a proper, a proper diet. And so this right here takes us um, on the particular, uh, on a particular chart that, um, that has the, the steps. You guys are kind of familiar with that. I don't know if I have that one again. See, I'm not gonna go through the mouse. I'll keep clicking forever. Um, there's a particular chart. Uh, yeah, I knew I had it. This uh, particular chart here is called "You Should Know the Truth," and then on step three, that's kind of where we're about to hand uh, to, and that is uh, the cycle must become. Uh, no, no, no. Step four, I'm sorry, the disciple must be trained in other spiritual disciplines. So be trained in prayer, be trained in worship, be trained in meditation, fasting, solitude, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, here, um, the textbook author begins to emphasize um, like quiet time, prayer, and things of that sort. So, um, but the, the textbook author is very, is being like very presumptuous thinking that we know what it is, what, what God says about meditation, what God says about fasting. There's a lot of things that we got to learn uh, before, uh, before really reading this particular, particular chapter here. Um, but um, he, go, he says on number one, a constant, consistent quiet time. He says in Mark 1, 35, we read, one of the habits of the Lord Jesus developed in the, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place. Uh, for thus the believer gets his spiritual nourishment for the day. The quiet time should include prayer, a uh, time of prayer and some time in the word. A simple acrostic um, acts is useful in helping a person get started in prayer. So, um, and so that's something that uh, we should 
get in the habit of uh, having some type of quiet time uh, with the Lord, whether um, it's, just, it's praying or reading some particular scripture, just to get your mind ready for the day. And uh, I was talking to some people this week on um, the importance of living a life on a, on a schedule and being persistent and being consistent, uh, you, especially those with families, uh, with children, you have to develop a schedule uh, with, uh, with yourself and develop a schedule with the children as well. And so in that, when you begin to be consistent in that, you're able to, to make times with the Lord, whether it be when they're doing their homework and while they're doing their homework, I'm going to read with them. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like sit down and read scriptures, uh, you know, uh, personally or whatever, however you got to get it in. But it's so important. I, the way I live, I got to have a schedule. I got to have particular times when I'm doing this or or whatnot. And that will help you uh, get in the study, get in the prayer time that you really need to get um, throughout the day. Okay. So be consistent and being persistent in that um, you're able to, to conquer that. Okay. Um, any comments about that? And then the author talked about, um, you guys can read about Acts. Um, we kind of did a teaching on that some years ago. Um, we were teaching on how to pray. And I still I still use this format. I still <laughs> use this format, adoration, confession, yeah. thanksgiving, supplication. It's just, it's helpful, especially when you, when sometimes you just don't know what to pray or what to say. <laughs> you know, just to start out with that. And then the words begin to flow um, from, from there. So um, let's see here. Let's go to if there are any other comments or anybody wants to say anything about uh, that. Um, we'll go to Bible reading on page 96. And then um, so when it comes to when it comes to Bible reading, though, we want. Uh, of course, you guys are coming to the understanding that you just can't pick up your Bible. Read it. You got to be trained in that thing. You got to understand the Old Testament and the New Testament, because when you, because some people, especially new believers that pick up the scripture and begin to read it, they don't know how to pronounce these big words. They don't know who David is. They don't know who these, uh, the people are in the Bible and things of that sort. And so sometimes they become discouraged and just close it and, you know, put it down. And so we want to, uh, emphasize Bible reading in the realm of this particular training or whatnot so in especially dealing with this book i give you there are scriptures that he uses there are scriptures that i give in the powerpoint um, that uh, you should be looking up on your own and um, reading scriptures you know in that particular light of um, being trained so uh, so the expectation for a new believer to, to read the bible um, is you know we want to we want to be cautious in that okay um, so a new more babe, a newborn babe cannot read, you know, for themselves. They need someone to train, to nurture them. That's like having a baby and then telling them, well, go make your own food. Like, <laughs> go feed yourself. Like, right, right. There's, there's a formula in the cabinet. Go make, <laughs> go make your own. 
Like, no, you want to, as a, you think of a newborn, you take your time with them, you know, make it a, bo make it a bottle of science. Like, you got a particular, <laughs> particular temperature of the water and the particular ounces, depending on how old that infant is and all that Too stuff. It is, make sure the bottles are sterilized. <laughs> and it. It's a foundation. All right, that one, again, we had a little Julian. Like, that was the process, bro. <laughs> I was only 10 years old trying to make bottles with that. Oh, you was just like, girl. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I was gonna tell a sad story, but I won't do that. Shit, cheers on. <laughs> Understanding the structure, understanding what uh, what the Book of Genesis talk about, and things of that sort. So the classes that we have before, like serving the Old Testament, serving the New Testament, we just went through every book and just kind of gave y'all a summary on it, gave you the structure. And I know that for me, I know that helps me understand the Bible even more when we understand the structure of the scriptures or whatnot. So. Um, let's see here. Number three is Bible study. He says the most important goal of the follow-up is to teach the young believer how to feed himself from the word of God. Exposing him to, to mature um, believers can who can feed him and thus teach him the whole counsel of God. But remember, this can never be a substitute for the person learning how to feed themselves. Okay, so um, that is the part of discipleship is teaching you all how to feed yourself. Okay. So we grew up in a um, religious belief that we had to go to church to be fed and we only go to church like twice a week. And so just imagine trying to feed a kid like twice a week, like that's not going to work. And so eventually you have to teach that new disciple um, how to feed themselves. And that is because of this training. This is what we're doing. We're um, teaching you all how to feed yourself. Um, when it comes to, uh, what is it, Luke chapter 6, uh, 30, I think it's 39 or so, it talks about when the disciples fully trained. And so um, we're trying to get you all to that point there, okay, where you can feed yourself, okay? <laughs> so you shouldn't be saying, uh, Pastor, you ain't preaching nothing. I ain't getting no feeding on it. No, 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 no. You should have been already feeding yourself throughout the week. But if you're not there, particular uh, at the particular stage, you should. That's why it's so important. You guys, chill out right there. Um, that's why it's so important to um, to have uh, to be involved in particular trainings or particular group sessions throughout the week so that you can learn how to, to feed yourself. Okay, go ahead. I like that analogy uh, for the simple fact as you was talking, 
I was <laughs> getting the picture mm -hmm. because um, we have a responsibility for the infant. Mm -hmm. But then we teach the infant how to uh, we wean them mm -hmm. off the bottle and yeah. teach them how to go for the sippy cup. Yeah. And they learn how to bring you that cup and uh -huh. take what they want. They want then right. we get to the hot chair. Mm -hmm. Well, we still will feed, but then we train that child how to feed for the cup. Mm -hmm. So now you can just put the baby's plate in the hot chair platter thingy, whatever it's called, yeah. I don't know. And so <laughs> the baby, and the, the beautiful thing about what I see is they may not be able to eat with the utensils. They gonna make a mess. They gonna take. They gonna take the hair. They gonna get that food in them some kind of way. And it's gonna be messy. It's gonna be messy. You know? But when you look at the stages of the natural mm -hmm. and understand the spiritual, mm -hmm. what we see in the natural comes out of the spiritual. So there is a progression. It's a person should have to always need you to feed them, mm -hmm. especially if you're mentoring and walking with that individual. Some point in time, you should be able to read the word of God for yourself. Yeah. And even I thought about with a with a baby, they get to a point where they want to feed themselves. Yeah. They don't want you to yeah. feed. They will snatch it out your hand and try to do it themselves. But in that, they still need supervision. Yeah, because you still need guidance. What they can't. Right, right, right. Yeah, you so right, you still you still got to prepare the meal for them. So that 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 involves that's part of the training session right there, uh, preparing. The things that they that the disciple can handle at this particular point, they'll be they'll it will be crazy of me. Even though I know y'all want me to teach the Book of Revelation, it will be crazy of me to teach the Book of Revelation right now. Yeah, one on one. Oh uh, no, you crazy? You crazy? Go on and be crazy. But, but that's that's the challenge of being a teacher or mm -hmm. the way our churches operate now, doing Bible studies and getting up on Saturdays and Sundays and all this kind of stuff because you got everybody. You get what I'm saying? Like you got babes, you got people who feel they have arrived yeah. and all in between. And so you sit over there going, if we're looking at it from the concept of feeding, like how in the world do I feed all y'all so that, you know, you feel edified, but then also Reagan comes in and if she's paying attention, she feels edified. And that's, it's a difficult task to do weekly or daily or even in a small group. Like yeah. you, you don't prepare. And a lot of this stuff, I think in one season you were telling us like, hey, you got to study to show yourself approved. Because a lot of that stuff that you might end up giving, you realize it was so unnecessary to give in the group. Right. You know what I mean? You like, man, I remember all the time. You used to be like, man, I got all this information, but it ain't necessary. Mm -hmm. It ain't necessary. But in the teaching, it's the Holy Spirit that would dice off. Yeah. You know, you could take a what some would say elementary. Mm -hmm. And for those who are more, you know, students yeah. and that understanding and still get and a whole meal from yeah. Yeah. it. Yeah. So that's what I love about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and two, you're not so much that we arrive. You yeah. know. <laughs> The, the uh, when you have matured in the knowledge yeah. and you are continue to mature, um, the the uh, uh, the Holy Spirit will will uh, uh, help. You know, you will pick up nuggets that you should have got on the lower level. If you yeah. feel like, wow, how I missed that connection. Yeah. 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 So when you get the the, uh, the recipe, if you will, or what you missed, part of the ingredients in your maturation, yeah. you like. 
wow, now that connects way up here because I should have gotten it there. Yeah. So it's not all waste, and I don't even say it. Yeah. It's not all waste, but it is, uh, uh, as much as I would love to dive into Revelation, I'm cool, <laughs> you know, I can wait till we get there because I'm still getting much more yeah. along the way. Yeah, yeah. That's so we can have one on one on one. She's trying to like, and then to everybody, you know what I mean? Like, they try to get something because it's hard when you start learning this stuff, it's hard to listen to a lot of things. You'd be like, wait, what, you know? But then sometimes I'm like, all right, you know, like, especially if I feel like the Holy Spirit is like, hey, I want you to go see something, you know, then I'm like, okay. You know, mm -hmm. like I watched something yesterday and I was just like, oh, okay. But then I, like you said, something triggered. He said the right. And I was just like, whoa, like, ah, so it triggered me to go back and look something up. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, you can find something. So you might have to, you might have to sit there and grit your teeth for a while. But a snap and come. Lord have mercy. All right. Okay. <laughs> 97. No snack you talk about. It. <laughs> <The> snack game. <laughs> All right, 97. It says um, in the initial stage of follow-up, um, you you and your pastor will have to do most of the feeding of the new babe. So not necessarily so. Okay. Right. Um when he's talking, that's he's probably dealing with a local congregation that is not really developing disciples for real. Because right. you don't have to depend on me, you want to depend on Wayne or Eva to get a feeding, you can, if you're, if we're in a, um, a group of disciples that are growing and maturing, you can get feeding from anybody, like you can get um, nutrients from, from anybody, but that's in a, in a community of disciples or whatever, so, um, and so uh, a lot of times people may not feel comfortable talking to me. I know all the time people don't feel comfortable talking to me. She's crazy. <laughs> She's crazy. <laughs> but they may, they be like, oh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> you got a Right? I'm going to give you a kid It is. Stop your attack. I'll be here for you. Um, and so, like I said, you might not be comfortable talking to me, but you may be talk, uh, comfortable talking to Eva or talking to Lindsay. Everybody loves talking to Lindsay. Everybody loves talking to They don't want to talk to Eva because they know they're going to that restaurant. situation maybe she has more uh knowledge on it uh versus you know going to somebody else uh but um at the end of the day we must have confidence in in each other um and so uh we can uh so we can you know you can say that you're a spiritual guide but if the people don't have confidence in you then it's really hard for for the people to you know to pull from you or to get anything from you if they see that you're Kind of living the opposite 
of what you're saying. So if you're if you're doing that, then it's, it's kind of a wrap. Like so, that's why we need to always be modeling this particular um, this particular walk, okay, in Jesus Christ. Um, let's see here. For <coughs> So the labor is where is that in this particular part? I got it. I like it. I mean, I got it. I don't know where I got it. Okay, so let's go to. Okay, so let's go to ensure love and affection. I know it's 10 30, so this is the last part we do. Um, on page, is this 98? Yes, page 98. Um, it says that there is one thing that is impossible to give people too much of, and that is love. People must understand what love is all about and imagine it to be synonymous with spoiling people. <laughs> the two are in one no way related. Um, sociologists uh, and psychologists uh, tells us that if a, a child is deprived of love in the early years of his life, it is questionable whether he will ever be able to understand what it truly means to, to, uh, to love and to be loved. One of the basic needs in life is to be loved and wanted. We need to apply the principle of tender, loving care to our babes in Christ. Um, envelop the young believer or young disciple with love. Okay, so it is important, especially in the beginning stages of, of being a disciple, that we must show love and be kind to one another. And be kind, right? <laughs> and be kind. So. Um, then he goes on to talk about, you know, invite them over for meals and make them feel part of the family. Or go out to eat. Amen. Um, <laughs> involve him in warmth and fellowship of the church. So basically don't be, you know, tribal or, or cliquish. Um, and so we're all disciples um, and uh, we need to show the world what, what it's all about, especially um, what love is all about, the love of Christ is all about. Um, and so the, he goes to talk about the, the book of Hebrews warns us not to forsake um, the assembly together. Um, and so we definitely need to, you know, gather with one another uh, as often as we as often as we can. Um, he goes on and says, take him or her with you, um, you know, travel together, play sports, do things together, whatever. Um, it's, it's good to to have a relationship with some some people are, are challenging, but that's why we need the love of Christ. My God, <laughs> that's why we need the love of Christ. Okay, <laughs> and then the next part he talks about ensure an atmosphere of acceptance. So um, no one should feel um, like an outsider. They should be able to feel you know accepted. Um, and so we should uh, definitely continue to learn about what love is. Um, and uh, continue to exhibit that, okay? Um, any questions or comments? I think one of the challenges we have now is 
also making sure that as we are challenging people to hear this call of discipleship, to not end up in two different groups mm. that y'all don't believe in some weird disciples. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? In the church, especially for a church like us that's trying to go into a different area. Yeah. And, and I even had to watch myself in presenting discipleship or just saying to people, like, hey, y'all should really be a part of what we're doing so that we don't end up being that y'all just believers. And it's like, at the end of the day, we're all still one people under Christ. Mm -hmm. And to make sure that 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 we don't miss that concept just because somebody has not adhered to that call yet. Yeah. And we should definitely be encouraging them and trying to strengthen them in that so they can make that call. Um, and so it's, like I said, it's easier to follow Christ amongst those who are already doing it. Yeah. And so it's like when you're a kid, when you're in a group and they say, you know, let's go to the park. And you may not want to go to the park, but everybody else is going, so I'm going to go too. Yep. And then in that, you find yourself having fun or whatever and, and saying, like, I, I'm glad I made that decision to go yeah. to the park or whatever. So if, if you're in a, a group of uh, people who are pursuing in the word of God, um, it, it will encourage you to, to do the same. It's going The Holy Spirit is going to pull a toe on you to, to do the same. Okay, so... And there is no classification. Right. You know, uh, it's a state of one's mindset, mm -hmm. a state of one's position and their understanding. Mm -hmm. Because a person can be can believe, mm -hmm. but in their mindset and state of their position and their belief system may not go on to follow Christ. Mm -hmm. They believe in God. That I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. But they... But that's it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, uh, 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 there is no... It's just, you know, I decided to go further. Mm -hmm. I decided to take what I say I believe and come to know him, inquire mm -hmm. of him, mm -hmm. and to follow that to live after him, out of my life after him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, but in that, <laughs> there is a distinction, though. You got those who won't go further, and you got those who will go further. Jesus showed us when dealing with the crowds, the disciples, there are those who just wanted to just be there. They they believed in him, but they didn't want to learn of him or whatnot. But like we said, you should not treat them a different way. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like you shouldn't treat them wrong. Because then you miss the whole point of disciples. You miss the whole point of the love of Jesus Christ. You miss the whole point if you're going to do that. So yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, it's almost just like there, there's a distinct one <clears throat> distinction. You know, between just you know people being elders, it's like yeah, you might be an elder, but that don't mean you got you're better than them. Right. You just hold another level of authority or um, commitment, responsibility, yeah. responsibility. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I uh, it was this quote that I saw that was uh, probably one of the most terrible quotes I've, I've seen in my lifetime um, when it comes to um, <coughs> leadership. And uh, leadership and just, you know, uh, dealing with the congregation. And it was, I, I want to read it because I, I thought it was just it was terrible. But this is, this is what is being taught in church, though. Like, this is, he says that your, your pastor or the leader is not your equal. They, they don't owe you friendship. 
<laughs> they owe you leadership. And I was like, that is so that's terrible. That's terrible. It's not it's biblical. Problem. It's not biblical because yes. Jesus even said to disciples, I can call you my friend. That's the problem. But <laughs> this is why we watch them to show that this is why Christ walked, demonstrated that even as a leader, I'm not greater, but yeah. I am a servant. I came yeah. here to serve. Right, right. <laughs> and that's because we don't know how to have relationship and still be an example. Mm -hmm. Because we think me having a relationship with you means me acting like you. Right, I gotta get on your I gotta get on your But Jesus was an example and he pulled them to where he was. Right. And that's why we gonna keep having king chairs in the church. King chairs. King chairs. Game of Thrones. Right up there in the pool. King chairs at their store. Come on the stage. <laughs> somebody <laughs> got the revelation. <laughs> somebody got the revelation. I got in trouble. I got in trouble for that. A lot, and they said you're not going to do well. And, and you got to think I'm thinking I'm going into all this. Yeah, you are not going to do well as best because you like building relationships with people, like and you. they like leaders. Yeah. They need a leader, not a friend. Shepherd. And I'm like, I'm like at this point, that's my that's my power here. Like building that, you know. Yeah. I, and that was always like they was. I heard from leaders all the time. Yep. You know they haven't. Big banquets, and they all sitting at the head table. And they're like, "Where's Wayne?" And I'm sitting out there talking to everybody, like, "What's up?" And sitting down here with them, they're like, "You gotta sit." And I'm sitting out there like, "This feels weird." Right? right. They don't talk to one another. Y'all ain't talking to me. Like, I want to go, you know, be with people that I'm building a relationship with. And it was like, "That's where you go have your dinner moments." Uh, really. <laughs> I didn't concur with that because where I was at the one point. Mm -hmm. um, they said that now that you're a leader, mm -hmm. we don't need you to be in the parking lot ministry. Yep. Mm. You're like, yep. you're you're a leader now. So the parking lot ministry ain't for you. Yep. Yep. So now you got to you got to um, create distance between <laughs> you and the people that came with you. The people that you brought yeah. into the ministry. You know that you have a relationship with before you came to this ministry. Right. You know you now have to separate yourself from them. And you got to just be with us. Now. You know, but that was something that because I'm a relational person. Right. You know, yeah. you know, that's just a part of my makeup. Uh -huh. I I just can't do that. Thank you know, I, and yeah. So I, I get that. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, a lot of that comes through that tribal experience, if you will. Uh, that just have, have matriculated through the generation after generation, coming through from slavery even before, you know, where there were kings and then you look at Rome. So a lot of this behavior uh, transcended from those eras. Mm -hmm. But as you know, when I was little, they still reverent. You had to call them reverent. Mm -hmm. And so that person, you know, which is always a man, um, uh, superseded, most uh, superseded <laughs> anything and anyone. But glory be unto God that we start tearing down. And even though we still see some of that, some of it, we don't see it as much. So we just, you know, again, I always say the prayers of the saints, continue to pray for the walls to come down so the liberty of Christ will flood. I'm trying to figure out where that's coming down at, but <laughs> you probably see it more than I do. I'm like, I don't see it. Yeah, but see, from where I understand it, from where I came from, from a child, yeah. where I am right now, mm -hmm. yes. Because this yeah. is nowhere near where we are now. Uh -huh. It's more of the walls are 
the more walls are down than ever before. Um, the cheers came out the poor best sure. There's some still have them, but what I'm saying is not that, that was a culture, that oh, was a right. custom. Okay. That's the way it yeah. was. And you better not dare not. Yeah. That's just like coming, everybody come to uh everybody had their service where there was uh-huh. altar call. Uh-huh. And, and you know, they sang a certain song, everybody knew what to come to the altar. So there was a custom, mm-hmm. a way of doing things. So those those traditional and customary ways of doing things, those walls had come down, even though there may still be something there, but not like it was. Yeah. And they hold on to it. I think it's new walls. <laughs> and it may, I mean, depending <laughs> on because the, the people different now. Yeah, the people, the people different. Yeah. The people back then, and I, they would revere the leaders. Yes. But now, they just absolutely don't. Like, there's just no honor. So you gotta like have some kind of something there to be like, whoa, chill, relax. So it's hard, man. It's like she said, like you said, we they still there and just maybe in a different place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's all I say. <laughs> so anybody else comments? We're good. All right. Uh next week we'll hit chapter eight. Chapter eight. So that's exciting. We're, we're coming through this, but we're getting through it. So be in prayer on um, what is next. I'm not sure what's next after this community discipleship class. I'm not sure yet. So I have two classes in mind, but I'm not sure. Right. So, uh, yeah, so next week we'll do chapter eight. So and we know what it's not going to be. No, it's not Revelation. <laughs> That's for sure. That's, That's right. for sure. We need a lot more background first before we get there. So. All right, so is there, are you, is there anything else I'll go ahead and pray? Uh, Father God, we thank you for this day and thank you, God, for allowing us to come together and to learn um, about your word and learn what it is to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. I believe it's getting you know, more clear and clearer to us on how serious this work is and how this is something that you have to desire for us to do. And so, God, um, allow us to continue to be faithful in this thing and allow us to understand the importance of training and knowing your word and um, standing in faith and continue to build our faith. Um, So, God, we thank you uh, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in the future as well. So uh, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. See you all next week. Amen. God bless. See you soon.